Chapter 11 of Great Testimony Against Scientific Cruelty by Stephen Coleridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jeffrey Smith, New Orleans, Louisiana. Three Great Churchmen. I have already recorded in these pages the strenuous opposition to vivisection displayed by the two greatest representatives of the Church of Rome that arose in England in the last century. And to all who adhere to that church, the authority of the two illustrious cardinals, Newman and Manning, must be decisive. The most famous dignitaries of the English church in the great Victorian age were also as firm in their condemnation of vivisection as were the great cardinals. When I was a young man, Dean Stanley was the dean of Westminster, Dean Vaughan was the master of the temple, and Lydon, canon of St. Paul's. These were all men of worldwide distinction. They were men who adorned and made splendid the offices and dignities they occupied. Their names were familiar in every corner of the land, and they lent a luster to the Church of England, and each of them utterly condemned vivisection. In these present times, only a few people in the metropolis, and hardly anybody out of it, can tell without consulting some book of reference who may be the estimable persons who today fill the deanery of Westminster and the mastership of the temple, nor has Canon Lydon any successor that the world acclaims, and I can vouch for it that none of them has ever extended to us a helping hand or publicly condemned the torture of animals for scientific purposes. It is always the loftiest names in literature and the most illustrious authorities on ethics that are found ranged against the infliction of suffering upon helpless animals for the enlargement of human knowledge. Those who support such inflictions are never in the first rank of literature, art, or moral teaching. Dean Stanley left behind him a reputation incomparably greater than any occupier of his deanery that has succeeded him. The same must be conceded to Dean Vaughan at the temple, and the eloquence of Canon Lydon compelled the absorbed attention of such congregations as are not now collected by the canons that have followed him. As far as I am aware, none of the successors of these great men have ever helped our cause at all. No doubt, whenever there shall arise in the ministry of the Church of England men of the commanding power, distinguished character, and potent speech that these great men of the last generation displayed, we shall find them also espousing the cause of the helpless vivisected animals. In the meanwhile, the occupiers of the most dignified positions in the established church seem to have drifted into the somewhat ignoble attitude of avoiding the disagreeable subject of vivisection altogether. 
when we invite them to help us we receive either no reply at all or a reply that is carefully evasive or we are damned with faint praise while assured that the writer is too busy to give the subject the attention it needs before any public utterance is possible upon it all of which methods of dealing with the matter display much wisdom of the world and a very human desire to avoid controversy and other uncomfortable mental and epistolary disturbance but none of the spirit that led archbishop temple when he was bishop of exeter to stand unflinching on a temperance platform while the publicans pelted him with flour End of chapter 11